Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette. If you're new here, welcome, my love. I am so excited to have you tuned in for your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And of course, to my OG listeners, hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, what's popping? What's good? Welcome back to another episode of Manifest Daily. My loves, it has been quite a long day. As I'm recording this intro, it is Monday, May 2nd, and it is 9.17 p.m. Like, y'all know I'll be in my bed. Okay, so this right here, what's happening right now is very much just like wild, reckless behavior for myself personally. Also considering that I just got back to Dallas today. So if y'all listened to the last episode, y'all would have known. So I went to Memphis for work. We were at a travel conference. I had so much fun. The conference was so much fun because we got to meet like influencers and creators and the travel space people who we would work with with our company. Um, Also just really cool people. Like a lot of the people I met, I connected with on like more of a personal level. We exchange Instagrams and all the things. And as I get into traveling more, I'm definitely very excited to like meet those people in other locations, hang out with them, get to know them so much more. But it was a very, very, very hectic weekend. I will say that we were at our booth at the conference pretty much all day like we had a very early call to set up our booth and to be there because we had obviously creators and other brands and things like that mingling and talking with us throughout the day and then at night we had all of these like happy hours and like parties and events to go to to continue networking and honestly to let loose a little bit it was so much fun because I again just got a chance to see a new city in the United States that I probably never would have like gone to on my own because to be honest with you I've never had a personal interest in going to Memphis and seeing Memphis, but now I can say I have. Now I can say I've checked that off of the the bucket list that probably should exist for travel. I don't have like a travel bucket list yet, but at this point, I think I am going to create one. But yeah, my loves, it was just a really, really, really long weekend and a really long day traveling back. I got to the airport. My flight was delayed. Then I got to the actual Dallas airport after flying in and my car was parked at a completely different terminal than I arrived at. And so, So my entire day was sort of like trying to get back to the city and I'm not you know, acclimated into my routine yet. And I am, I'm, I'm very sleep deprived. I won't even lie. My eyes are burning. I don't know why I'm up so late because I should have been in bed at like 7 PM, but I also had to like work still. So it has just been quite a day, quite a wild day. I am looking forward to getting back into my routine a little bit tomorrow and Wednesday before I leave again to go on another like mini trip for my birthday. So really excited, but my loves, I just wanted to take this time to introduce to today's episode. This is an old one, okay? This is one that I've had sort of in the the Manifest Daily vault. And I actually don't know why I never released it. I think I thought I lost the recording because I had an issue with my recording software and a couple of different interviews that I did with guests got completely lost in the scuffle. And that was really annoying. But I did go back and I actually found this one today. And this is an episode that I did with Sarah Mercini, who is the founder of Mask Skincare. So this is an episode that I recorded about a year ago with Sarah, where we talked all about what mask skincare is, how she started the company, how it's grown, how they are just changing basically the world of skincare with their products. And it was such a really good conversation. This was a really interesting conversation because we talked about the business and entrepreneurial side of things, but we also talked about Sarah's journey and how she even got to be in skincare and to be a female founder of a skincare company. So it is a good one. I'm excited 
if you guys to hear it and hopefully the quality isn't that bad this is when I had my old microphone and I remember this day exactly I actually had to record in the closet in my old apartment just because they were doing some sort of something like construction or something at the apartment building and you could hear the noise um, in my office so I had to go into the closet to record so hopefully the audio is not that bad and hopefully you guys can get everything that you need to get out of this conversation with Sarah so I want to thank you so 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 much for being here of course my loves thank you for all of the the positive amazing five-star reviews that I've been seeing lately I appreciate those as well so let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Sarah be sure to check her out um all of her links will be down below in the show notes and I believe in this episode she did offer up a code I will check to see if it's still working and if it is I will link it in the show notes so you guys can use that code if you're interested in any of the mask skincare products on her site thank you again my loves for being here let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Sarah I am so excited to be chatting with Sarah, the founder of Mask Skincare today. So we're just going to dive into this conversation. Sarah, I love to start any of like my podcast guest conversations off by asking the guests to tell us a little bit about who they are and what they do and their business and what their business and brand is. And yours is obviously super exciting because it's skincare. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your skincare brand? Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Beyondra. I've been so excited. Um, when I was introduced to your podcast, I what an amazing job you've done as well. I just want to say that I think it's so important that, you know, female entrepreneurs support each other these days. And being an entrepreneur is very lonely and difficult at times. So, you know, congratulations on what you have done as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, a little bit about me. I have been in the States for almost seven years now. My background is I'm half Norwegian, half Greek. I grew up in Greece until I was five. And on the small island of Skiathos, where you know my parents met and got married, we used a lot of the resources of the island to you know basically live. We had vegetable gardens in our backyard. My uncle was a fisherman. So I've always used stuff that comes from earth in my daily life. And that has also followed me, you know, throughout my childhood. And when we moved back to Norway, I'm from a very small mountain town up there. So also there, my, my grandpa used to fish. We used to buy, you know, locally sourced milk from the neighbor's farm. Like I, I, I was born and raised in very small communities. So taking that with me and moving to New York City seven years ago was, you know, a little bit of a culture shock because when I came to this country, I never had to look for non-GMO products and started researching the ingredients that I had and everything. So I've always been a very holistic and conscious person at heart. But I think after moving here, it became more and more obvious that this is not a normal life for, you know, everyone. And I feel very blessed and grateful to be able to have that as a, you know, a natural source on a daily basis, because a lot of people don't even have access to clean drinking water. But um, a, a huge part of, you know, my life and everything I do in both work and my personal life revolves around, you know, being conscious and taking good choices, not just for me, but for my, you know, my family and my loved ones. So that, that became a natural thing that I wanted to incorporate into mask. I also wanted to start a company that differentiate itself from the beauty industry. I was so sick and tired of, you know, seeing white skinny girls with the perfect hair and the perfect skin and, you know, just showing both young boys and young girls something that, oh, this is what you have to live up for. This is what's being shown on TV and on billboards and everything. So, you know, struggling with acne and getting really bad acne in the young age of 12, it really affected the way I viewed myself, my self-esteem and kind of the thoughts that I had about myself. So it all 
intertwined to this, you know, skincare brand. And it's a lot of people think that the word mask comes from, because one of our products is a sheet mask, but it's, if you, you know, read a little bit about our, our brand story and our founding story, it's also rooted in the mask that you wear every day. Like you, you have one mask that you wear with your friends and family, one you wear with your coworkers, one you wear with your, you know, your significant other. And then it's the mask that you see in the mirror at the end of every day by yourself in your own personal space. And that was the mask that I struggled with when I took all the makeup off and my, you know, not imperfections, but at the time I thought they were, you know, my, my, my acne and my scars and my redness came. And I just, I, I did not like what I saw in that reflection. And that was kind of a shift for me that this is something that I have to work with. So long story short, it's been, you know, everything's come back full circle. Um, into this brand. I love that story, especially as you talk about how you grew up with those more holistic and plant-based and earthly methods of taking care of your body and taking care of your soul, having that play a huge role in like you starting the skincare company. Because I definitely feel that I grew up, um, well, I didn't grow up fully. I actually moved to the United States when I was five, but my parents are from the islands. I'm from the islands. My family's from there. So I get it with like a lot of herbs and using natural methods to heal versus looking towards the, the chemicals, right? Or the alternative methods that I feel like are a lot less natural than some of the things that we can look towards that are really from the earth. So I love that. But you mentioned that you kind of had those moments during childhood where you were struggling with acne or where you saw how beauty was being promoted in the mass media and you kind of wanted to shift that. So did you always have this vision of starting a skincare company? Was it like you were younger and you're like, you know what? I want to grow up and I want to start a skincare company or I want to be an entrepreneur or was it something that as those pieces started to come together, you were like, oh, wait, like I struggle with this and I want to help people with this. And skincare is that solution. Interesting question. No, I never envisioned starting something by myself at all. I was very back and forth with, because I think at 18, it's so young to decide going off to college, like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I think that norm is kind of shifting right now that you're only supposed to do one thing until the day you're retire. So for me, I, I took, you know, I took a year off and worked and kind of traveled a bit after high school. And then I didn't quite know what to do. And, you know, parents, they mean well, but my mom was like, you got, you got to apply to school. Now you got to do something. You got to go to school. And I always enjoyed writing. So I was like, okay, let me try journalism. So my undergrad's journalism. After my undergrad, I took another few years off and worked for a media company and then decided to take a grad in marketing and social media because I actually enjoyed doing social media. I enjoyed like being, I think that's where it started. Like you had a platform to kind of give a message and connect with other people and, you know, make a, a life board of who you were and your interests and everything. So skincare didn't really come into fruition until I had a very life-changing moment when I was 28 um, I had a anaphylactic shock to shellfish, which I, I never had any food allergies before. And I was out to dinner with my friends and all of a sudden I just, you know, I, my whole body just swelled up. I, I, I couldn't breathe. I rushed to the hospital and, you know, I had an EpiPen and the doctor said, you know, five minutes later, who knows what was going to happen. So it kind of made me realize some things that a lot of things came up for me then, like from, you know, childhood and healing and everything. And I quit my corporate job and I started practicing very, very deeply, you know, holistic methods. I met this amazing healer. Her name is Maureen Dodd. And at the time when I lived in the city, she was up in Connecticut. And I went up there, you know, pretty much every weekend for six months training with her. She taught me modalities that were that kind of 
drew me back to who I felt that I really was. We, she taught me how to meditate properly. She taught me how, um, you know, how to incorporate Ayurvedic practices in my life. She taught me what Reiki was and how that functioned. And I was just so deeply entwined in that lifestyle for six months that it, I, I came out on the other side, a different person, I feel. And I decided to also take my holistic coaching certification. So I studied that for six months and I noticed that I attract a lot of clients that had anxiety coming from someone that also struggled with I I think we all struggle with anxiety sometimes in our lives it's just I feel now people are more open to discussing and talking about it but I've always diverted away from first of all I can't just subscribe any pharmaceutical drugs anyway because I'm not a I'm not a doctor but um, I had used hemp oil for about a year after being introduced from my mentor Maureen so you know, I slowly introduced that aspect to my clients and I got such great feedback. And um, one day, a friend of mine, we were walking down, um, down to the East Village. And then he said, there's actually a hemp store that opened up here. Do you want to go and check it out? I'm like, yeah, of course. And that was the first CBD dispensary in Manhattan. They were called Hemp Garden. I went in, I immediately connected with one of the managers there. And, you know, she said, do you want to, we're looking to create like kind of a wellness space. Do you want to come work with us? And I was like, yes, absolutely. So I started off there. And that's kind of where the idea of a skincare brand came in because I started using the tincture on my skin, the, the droppers, and it just, it was just such a game changer for me. So I was like, maybe we should, you know, try this in a more elevated and different skincare brand because I also noticed that people that came into Hemp Garden purchasing products, they wanted to be very anonymous. Like, why I, I don't want to buy anything with the with THC in it, or I don't want to buy anything with a cannabis leaf on it. People were still very skeptic and kind of scared that their significant other would see other kids or whatever. So I wanted to show that. I want to take away the stigma from cannabis as well and show that it's such a beautiful and pure plant and that it could be just like another skincare product. And, you know, as we're all working for towards in this industry is also there's so many people incarcerated for you know either consuming or selling this plant that it's I I felt like it was also my duty to kind of take away that stigma as well if that makes sense no that definitely makes sense and I definitely want to get into that as we dive into our conversation a little bit more especially when you're talking about the stigma and the conversation around cannabis and CBD and THC in general but I want to backtrack a second to something that you said earlier on when you were talking about quitting that corporate job after having sort of that near-death scare right is exactly what it was and you had that moment where you were like okay I'm gonna quit I'm gonna go study these different holistic methods and everything like that I want to know what was going through your minds before making that decision to quit corporate was it that you just had this experience where again such a near-death experience that sort of woke you up to the reality of what your life was and you realized that's not what you wanted or was there something else going on at that time that prompted you to take such a leap after something like this I, I was also in the beauty industry um, which is surrounded by a lot of females and a lot of competition. And I just noticed in the environment that I was in, that was a lot of, you know, backstabbing and back talking. And I never grew up like that. I've always been, you know, raised to respect other people and encourage and be supportive and acceptive. But, you know, New York City is another beast, man. I mean, it's super competitive and everyone's trying to get somewhere. And I was just really unhappy. And I think that just gave me an extra push to kind of, you know, this is not what you're meant to be doing. You're not, you're not supposed to be in the corporate world. You are supposed to do something different. So I would have probably quit my job eventually, but maybe not as soon. It was just very spur of the moment. And my, I remember my mother was like, how are you going to pay rent? How are you going to, I'm like, mom, I don't know. It's going to work out, but I need to change my life. I mean, I was just like so deeply unhappy inside with what I was doing and the person that I was that 
I think it was, you know, a sign from above or something that, you know, something has to change. Yeah, I hear a lot of similar stories almost from people who have decided to quit their job. Not everyone has necessarily a health scare like you did, but sometimes it is that anxiety or it is sort of that moment of waking up and realizing like, this is not what I want from my life, especially if you're experiencing all that, exactly what you talked about, like the backstabbing and the competition, all this stuff that I feel like really just creates a lot of stress and anxiety in our life. And we know that stress literally causes so many other health concerns that I feel like that's why there's such a shift in a focus right now on anxiety and on stress and on people really trying to focus on their wellness because they realize that stress is literally this silent killer. Um, It affects you in so many other ways. But when you were talking about your holistic practice and sort of going into that, I almost want to call it like a cocoon of like learning and just growing. And you mentioned that you emerged like a totally different person. What are some of those specific spiritual and lifestyle practices that you started during that time period of your journey and that you have continued to either practice or maybe they've evolved in some way as you kind of been like going through the the process of being an entrepreneur and that journey of entrepreneurship? Well, I did a lot of sitting with my thoughts, um, meditating, if you want to call it. I worked with a lot of things that I was running away from, a lot of things from, you know, my past, a lot of things came up for me during those six months. I feel like I almost purged a lot. I did a, a lot of Reiki. I did a lot of meditation. I did a lot of breath work and I did a lot of moving my body. Um, And it was sort of like getting to know myself all over. And I also became comfortable with being alone. I think that one of the signs where you should be alone is if you always need to be around someone. And I was like that. I was like, oh my God, I need to make plans. I need to make dinner plans. I I didn't want to be by myself because then, you know, thoughts came up and I, I, you know, I felt uncomfortable and I just learned to sit in discomfort and kind of listen. And so many things came up and so many things got clearer to me. I also, you know, reached out to a lot of holistic individuals in this industry back then. And, you know, I did my natal chart. I became really interested in astrology and kind of the things that have been practiced for thousands and thousands of years that people just don't do anymore or isn't, you know, they don't believe in it, but it, but it's such an ancient practice. And I'm so happy to see that these things are becoming, you know, more and more of people's lives. Like I see a lot of my, you know, my previous coworkers or friends, they're starting to kind of get into these practices as well. And I think we're kind of going back to a more healing and natural way of living again. And especially after this year, I I think a lot of people rethought what their purpose is, what's important, and a a small shift kind of happened. And I I think that we're still working through it, but I I believe that everything happens for a reason and, you know, we're going to come out on the other side better. I completely agree with you, especially as we're talking about the being alone piece. And if you are always needing to be around someone, that's kind of an indication that like, maybe you got to spend a little bit more time with yourself. I know in this particular season of my life, I actually posted something on Instagram yesterday or the day before talking about how in this season of my life, I've been really isolated and at first it was sort of like really scary to experience because it was like, okay, I don't have, you know, friends and family around me. It's like really just me in this space. But I think there's such a blessing with a season like that, because like you said, you get to sit with those thoughts. You get to really explore what's important to you. You get to think about what you want to do next. And I think a lot of really cool ideas come to you during that time. Whereas before they wouldn't have made it through the noise of the company that you're around, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I am really curious about early business days. I I think a lot of listeners actually, yeah, a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurial or have their own business, whether it's service business, product business. And I think for a lot of of people who are just starting this entrepreneurial journey, they 
it, it's it's a little scary, right? It's exciting, but it's also scary because you kind of don't know what to expect in some ways. But I want you to tell us about like what your early days in business looked like. And also too, for anyone out there who is wanting to go down the product route, um, or maybe service, like, did you bootstrap your business? Did you work with investors? Like, what did that look like in terms of getting things up and running? Well, the, the first lesson that I got and that I always, you know, keep harping on is that never adjust your business to what you think a customer group wants, because then you're not being authentic. You, you can't, it's a, possible to please everyone. And even though, you know, yellow is trending right now and your company is blue does not mean that someone don't like blue. I, I remember in the beginning, I tried to kind of like, oh, cater to this age group and to this demographic, uh, you know, group of there. And I was just all over the place. And I, I, I kind of lost brand identity for a little bit. And that's when, you know, again, we have to kind of step back and see, you know, what is my mission? What is, what is the brand that I'm trying to build? What are my three, you know, core values? So one of the biggest lessons that I learned was like, always stay true to yourself and believe that whoever comes your way is meant to be your way. But if, if you try and please everyone, it's, it's impossible and you're going to burn out. I was pretty fortunate with starting my company. Um, a little fun fact, when I walked into the CBD dispensary, Hemp Garden, I actually am, my, the owner is my boyfriend today. We've been together three years. Oh, I um, love that. I love that. I didn't expect to meet anyone. I was not looking. I was, you know. Um, As always. <laughs> it happens, right? So I, I was so fortunate to have not only his expertise and knowledge, but he kind of helped me get on my feet, you know, both in a, in a very large financial way. And he still to this day, he helps me pack my orders and he helps me, he helped me with the logo and the design. And it's always someone that I can turn to and talk and discuss ideas with. So I was pretty fortunate to have him as well. But then, you know, I, I work with this 24 seven. It's been two years now and I'm, I'm still not taking a paycheck. I am focusing on, you know, growing this in an organic and proper way and getting the product out to people that genuinely want it and genuinely appreciates clean and non-toxic skincare. Like we changed our focus um, right before COVID actually to get into as many med spas as we can because they are just amazing. Not only are they amazing healers, they're also so knowledgeable and savvy. So having someone that understands the how clean and non-toxic all the ingredients are, how they work in the skin, how CBD works with both your endocannabinoid system and your receptors that kind of took a lot of time off of my plate because I did spend a lot of time training and doing, you know, Zoom videos and Zoom trainings and everything. And I, I kind of got a little burnt out in the beginning, but again, changing that direction and kind of seeing who you want to work with and what you want to mold your company to being was, you know, it, it just provided a little bit more clarity on, on my end. And we have also secured a smaller investment right now um, from a private investor. So we, I've been able to hire a few more people on the team and we're growing, but I want to do things right and I'm not rushing. So everything's sort of happened pretty organically. Firstly, I want to say congratulations on the investor. I know that's definitely a huge, huge accomplishment. So congrats on that. And I love what you said at the beginning about not changing your business to necessarily adhere to trends. I feel like I almost hear a lot of the opposite all the time where people are like, look at what's happening happening and create something for that. Like, and I think there is merit in that because obviously if something is trending and people are really, really buying that thing, like mom jeans are back in, right? If you start a mom jean company, like I'm sure it'll do well, but it's like, okay, in 10 years when maybe mom jeans are not trending anymore, what happens then, right? Will you always be changing things to adapt to what the trend is? And if so, like you said, you're just going to lose yourself. You're, you have no solid core value, core brand identity 
identity if it's always shifting to adhere to the market. So I love that piece of advice. I think that is amazing, especially because when you are trying to build something that is so organic and so rooted in a very loyal consumer and customer base, staying true to yourself is the best thing that you can do because I truly believe that is what builds a very like strong brand. I think it takes a little bit longer. So I think that sometimes people don't often want to go that route. They want to go the more trendy route and they want to hop on what's happening now and kind of get that fast track to to growth and success is what they see it. But I think that as there's something really powerful about growing slowly and allowing yourself to grow into the different seasons of your business and the different seasons of seasons of your brand and in doing so staying very, very true to yourself. So I that's oh, love that piece of advice. I literally love that. You also have to think about, are you in this for the long term or the short term? Because yes. for the short term, like, okay, I might do this for a year, make a bunch of money, and then I'm on to the next. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I'm in this, I'm in this for the, the, the long term. I, you know, I want to grow this into being something, something more meaningful and something bigger. And I think that's, you know, there are serial entrepreneurs that does success in this. They come in, they change a business in a year and they move on to the next one. And I, I, I think that's person to person, um, to be honest with you. And especially nowadays with the office culture is changing. Everyone, you, you can work from wherever and you can start whatever. So I think, you know, before creating your own business, maybe you need to look at what type of entrepreneur you are. I completely agree. It's kind of like, as you were saying that I was thinking of, for example, like people who like buy a house to flip it in a year versus someone who like buys a house to be like, I want to make this into a home for like the longer period. And then maybe I do sell it later. or Maybe I stay here. It's just kind of like that difference in your, your goals, really. Like you said, long and short-term goals. Like what are your personal goals? And then what business or brand goals align with your personal goals as well. So that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, that's a good analogy. No, I, I, I completely agree. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about sleeping too little, sleeping too much, overeating, or even undereating. I've been feeling really stressed lately due to all the things I'm balancing, and I personally noticed that every time I struggle with stress, I also eat more sweets and I struggle with insomnia as well. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways, and in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's a reminder to take care of yourself do less, and maybe try some therapy. Therapy is an amazing medium to learn new tools and new ways to cope with stress and to live a life filled with more ease and more flow. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Manifest Daily listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash manifestdaily. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Manifest Daily. Thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. So I 
kind of want to dive into some of the, the downs in your entrepreneurial journey. I feel like, again, we go on social media and everyone is always talking about the really fun parts of being an entrepreneur or from, or working for yourself and just having that freedom. Right. And you see people who are like, I made, you know, $20,000 in two days. And then you have people who are like, I'm in Bali for the weekend. And it's really beautiful to see those highs and to see something that you can aspire to and kind of use as like, wow, like this is possible for me. But I also think there is something about looking at the downs of entrepreneurship, right? And realizing that people work hard to get to that space of experiencing those beautiful highs. There are the the things that we don't see as often on social that are happening behind the scenes. And I kind of want to know about some of those things in your journey and how did you kind of move through those seasons? Then I want to go back to one of your first questions with starting. You said if someone wants to start a product line, how do they go about it? So we actually, within our first year, we had some misfortune with our first lab. First starting going in with them, you know, we had a pretty tight friendship. It was a smaller lab um, run by a group of friends out in California. And we looked at them as our personal friends. When they came to New York, we went out to dinner, we went to see them. I went for the first filling of the sachets. I brought home the product. I was so close with the formulator. And then, you know, six months in, when the company started growing, my attorney said that, you know, I think it's time that we, you know, file some trademarking and some, you know, just to be on the safe side. And I was like, okay, I agree. And it turned out that the owner of the lab that we were working with already did that a few weeks prior in my brand's name. Um, So he actually filed a, it was a lot of different trademarks, but under mask and as a owner and that just, yeah, it was, it was, I, I was like, are, are you sure it's him? Are you, I could see did it under a different company and we had to reach out. So we had to end that relationship. I was, you know, in a lawsuit with them for a year and um, I decided to just walk away because it was taking too much time and too much stress off of what I wanted to do and what I was focusing on. So we quickly found, you know, another lab that ended up doing the exact same thing. So I've had, you know, just before you start working with someone, date them before you marry them. Don't, you know, maybe you sign a three months exclusivity with the, with the lab or, you know, have a trial workup, make sure you get the the samples done correctly, spend a lot of time on R&D because you, you don't know what's going to happen. And you think that going in with don't mix friendship and business, just stay completely professional, do your due diligence. And it's better to ask 10 additional questions than being scared of being, you know, the pushy client or the annoying client or because I really learned my lesson on that one. I just blindly trusted someone that I thought was my friend and they completely backstabbed me. That is intense. And also the fact that it happened like a second time and they could really see the success that you are sitting in right now currently, but also the heights that you're going to grow your brand. Because I almost feel like they were coming from a place of like, I want to get in on this now. And it's really that's a that's a great place to be in if you're like you know excited for your friend's business and your friend's brand and you know it's going to be successful but obviously that could have been approached in a very different way with a very different conversation that was very honest and transparent versus the things behind your back that resulted in you know lawsuits and really just unfortunate endings to a friendship and a relationship so that is but that is great advice though in terms of the the doing your research and really making sure that if you are going to invest in something or someone or process or uh, anything really for your business growth to use your discernment, but also do that research. And like you said, date them before you marry them. I think, you know, right now we're seeing like the, a lot of online um, education happening and that is great. But then there are also people who are taking advantage of the growth of online education right now. And there are people who are creating things and courses and content that aren't necessarily, they may not necessarily be aligned with you 
And so you kind of have to do that discernment, especially if it's something where you're making a, a big investment into something for the growth of your business. So love that advice. Um, and I, I'm sorry that happened to you, but we all know it's because they saw the heights that you are going to be growing your business to, and they were trying to get in on it, but you know what? You're going to get there without them. So it doesn't really matter. So 100%. No, yes. you're absolutely right. And it's, I've, I've never been a greedy person. I've always, you know, shared and being inclusive and I, I'm such a strong believer in karma. So I just, you know, rushed that off and let, you know, karma take care of that. So I'm, I'm past that now, but it's, you know, it is a lesson, do your due diligence and stay true to your demands and what you believe in. And that's, you know, be, be really firm and strict and have all your legal documents in order before creating anything. That's how you protect yourself. Big yes with the legal documents and the legal formation, especially when it comes to, again, business entities, money. Um, And if you are setting yourself up for long-term success, you have have to make sure that initial foundation is very, very sturdy because whatever you build on top of that, right, you need it to be sturdy in the futures. I want to kind of, again, shifting gears, going back a little bit to your initial I guess rendezvous. Why am I? I don't know why the word rendezvous came to mind, but your initial sort of like intro to CBD and THC and kind of going into the the hemp store and kind of being able to have that initial catalyst to the idea of your current brand. I want to know what was it about CBD that made you want to highlight it in your product? So can you tell us a little bit about some of the benefits of CBD, especially as it pertains to skincare? Because I've also seen like the rise in uh, CBD and some of other skincare brands as well. And I think for a lot of people, they just don't know if it's like just a trendy thing or is it like, what are the actual benefits? Like, why should I use this in my skincare? I mean, first of all, you are born with an endocannabinoid system all humans are. And it's a system that goes throughout your entire body. If you want to call it a map of cells, which has CB1 and CB2 receptors. So literally all over your body, you have little receptors that are just controlling things and are drawn to things. And, you know, like CB1, it's more towards um, skin, liver, um, CB2 is more brain, eyes, and it, it all functions like a big, big ecosystem in your body. So the cannabis plant has the same properties that an endocannabinoid system has. So whenever your body is in imbalance, it's usually because one or more of the receptors need something. And that's where cannabinoids come in to kind of help getting your body back to a homeostatic state, which is why the cannabis plant exists in the first place. So for me, I had a lot of inflammation in my skin and that can be of a lot of things. It's either internal or external. Like um, if you live, like I live in New York City, a lot of pollution, a lot of touching your face, a lot of, um, you know, stress, but it could also be what I'm consuming and your GI tract and what you eat and how you think about yourself. Like it's all a 360. So starting to take CBD both internally and putting it on externally, for me, it was just mind-blowing. And I think that the areas that I was lacking, it just really stabilized my body. And I just noticed a complete shift when it came to my GI tract, when it came to digesting my food, the thoughts that I was thinking, my sleep pattern. It it was just such an amazing thing. And I was like, wow, why isn't this? Why isn't this legal? Why why have this been suppressed? So many thoughts came up in my head. But I also think you you can't just smack CBD on something and call it a miracle cure. Like uh, a couple of years back, there was like CBD athletic or CBD coffee, CBD this, CBD that. And it's like, you, you need to think about what you mix the cannabinoid component with, which is why our formulation is so pure. Because with the, you know, the essential oils, the herbs, the plants and everything in synergy with the full spectrum oil just makes it more potent. So I think that people that want to get into this business and want to create products that have cannabis in them, it needs to be high quality, pure processed and pressed oil. If not, it's not going to do anything with your body. Like if you take two milligrams of CBD and the the remaining 50 or a bunch of toxic ingredients or materials, it's not going to do your body well. So I also think that you need to look at the CBD product that you're buying and make sure that it's high quality so that 
you nourish your body with the best possible thing that you can do. Yeah, I definitely feel you on when you were mentioning everything was like CBD at one point, because that's exactly what I was thinking. It was just like, it became super trendy and it seemed like CBD was going into everything, but you're so right that the formulation matters. It's almost like, uh, I'm trying to go back to chemistry right now and I'm struggling, but it's like you're when you're mixing two things that cancel each other out, that big potent ingredient that you're trying to highlight is not going to deliver the same benefits. Like you said, if it just gets canceled out by something else. So I love that you focus on that and your formulation, because that definitely makes sure that the actual product someone ends up with is delivering the benefits that they believe the CBD should be delivering. Um, I've been using a little bit of this like CBD gummy situation for my sleep. I usually sometimes have like nights where my thoughts are racing and it's hard to relax and kind of calm down and go to sleep. And I have found that's been so, so helpful on the nights where I need it. I also sometimes will use magnesium. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried magnesium for like just kind of relaxing your body, relaxing your body. When your legs are kind of jittery, that's the magnesium. Yes. <laughs> yes. I get like the, what is it called? Restless leg syndrome. And so like my legs will just feel like, I can't explain the feeling. It's almost like an itch you can't scratch. And um, magnesium helps me with that and also helps me with sleep. And I swear it's been um, just helping me have like a good night's sleep, either that or the CBD, depending on like, I honestly just kind of go with whatever my intuition calls for, whatever my body calls for that night, but they both are super helpful. And as you're, you know, crafting this brand and you're highlighting this ingredient as such a star in the show of your formulations, how do you think the conversation around cannabis and CBD, especially the evolving conversation, right? Because we've seen it kind of grow and evolve over the last couple of years and kind of become a little bit more like people are less like, you know, side-eyeing it and more like open to it. How do you think that has affected your business? Well, I think it's definitely become more regulated the past two years. Um, Ever since the hemp bill was signed and there are negative and positive sides to the FDA, they still don't approve of it as you know, a classified substance. Um, There's still some gray areas in this industry. Like you can't make any claims. There's not enough research to back up on it. There's not enough data. But in my eyes, it's so new. Like this industry is barely six years old, I would say. And in order for something to have a valid clinical backup, it has to be studied for more than 10 years. So for us, it's impossible to to make claims because we're not there yet. It's not been a long enough time, but I think we have enough data to back up a lot of things. Like you have the CBD company Charlotte's Web was based off of the little girl Charlotte that I think she had 116 seizures a day and started taking CBD oil and was down to 17. You have videos of you know pets that have seizures. They give the pet CBD oil, immediately stop. You have people on the spectrum, like my brother's autistic, having him take the CBD gel caps have been a really, really good help in his behavior science. You have so many things and you have so many people that literally go on their, either their social media platform or they go on documentaries or whatever platform they choose to use that this is helping me. This is saving me. This is, you know, helping my my daughter, my son, my mother-in-law. Everyone has someone that has used a CBD product and their life has changed. So I am starting to think that is it the pharmaceutical industry that is behind this trying to block stuff because the revenue of that, like you can go down a dark web talking about this, but I just don't see how the FDA cannot 100% approve something that literally can grow in your backyard. It's the same as taking your basil plant from your kitchen window and putting it in your pasta sauce or picking the lavender from your garden and hanging it in your shower. You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. really something that comes from earth. And as I was saying earlier, people are in prison for it. People, uh, you know, have had their lives rooted up, their families destroyed. And I think that has to stop. And, you know, for every, if there's someone out there listening that wanting to get into the cannabis industry or just gotten into it or 
please look into the last prisoner project because it is our duty as people in this. It doesn't matter if it's CBD or the THC aspect of it. We are making money off of something that someone is in prison for right now. So I think it's important that this community comes together and legalize this 100% as fast as we can because there's nothing but benefits from it. Yeah. And as you were talking about that rabbit hole you can go down, like I truly, I agree with you. I think that there, there's part of it where the pharmaceutical companies and just, I don't know, whoever else is under that umbrella are trying to figure out how to profit from this in a way, right? Because if it's this natural thing and we have people out here who are crafting very small businesses and kind of just like selling it independently, it, it almost doesn't make sense for it to be legalized or for it to kind of be approved by the FDA because it will encourage a lot of people to go that natural route versus saying, I'm going to take this medication that is, you know, all this money from my doctor that I can only get prescribed from my doctor that's only coming from the pharmaceutical companies. Instead, if people start to realize there are other options, right, that can be homegrown, that can be natural coming straight from the earth and not necessarily so processed, what will that do to the pharmaceutical industry? And also the same thing you're saying, like all this proof that we have right from the videos from people who talk about how cbd cannabis whatever have helped their anxieties have helped them get through certain periods in their life have helped with pain right we hear about cancer patients who are going through so much pain and use these different earthly methods as tools to help them cope with their pain and to help them cope with the season that they're going through and so hearing all these things and knowing also that this is not new to the earth right this has been around for since we've been around and so we've had people in different cultures using these plants in the same way that we use them today maybe even also in different ways as well and benefiting from it so it's not necessarily new but I think what's happening is that now that it is here and it is becoming kind of trendier. I think now the FDA, maybe they're starting to look at it and say like, we, we should do like a little research on it. But I agree with you, even though it isn't necessarily like FDA approved, right? And I think a lot of people will look for that sticker of like, what is FDA approved and what's not. We've seen so many times that a lot of things that can be beneficial for your body, beneficial for your wellness, for your soul, for your self-care in general, aren't FDA approved simply because they're not natural methods that aren't necessarily understood because instead we're getting a bunch of pills pushed down our throat. And that doesn't always have to be the route that one has to go in order to heal and in order to take care of themselves. I'm not saying that obviously if you have conditions or circumstances in your life where pharmaceutical aspects are, you know, required. I'm not trying to diminish that industry or saying that it's not helping people. That's that's not where I'm getting at at all. I just think like you just mentioned that there might be steps before starting a, you know, either if it's an antidepressant or if w- whatever it is that you might want to try certain natural remedies. And if they don't help for you, then obviously you have to seek um, a more medical route. And, you know, doctors are so amazing, like, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, if I got hit by a car, I needed someone to stitch my leg together. We, we need that as well. But I'm just, it's so easy nowadays. Oh, I have a headache. I need to take three Advils or no, why don't you just try drinking, you know, a glass of water and taking a little nap and see how that makes you feel. But it's just so easy to reach for that bottle right now and with, with the pill bottle. And that's what concerns me because it's, you know, it's not doing anything good to your to your liver or to your mind or anything like that. So I think, you know, and a lot of doctors that came out and said during their, you know, education and in their practice, they don't teach you about nutrition in medical school. And I think that's very interesting. Yeah, I that is very odd to me, especially because we know that like food is kind of that original medicine for us. And like you were saying, sometimes you get that headache and your immediate thought is like, let me go grab the Advil or let me go do this when your body may be craving something else. And I think there's something there about educating people about that in-between step before the medicine, like you said, right? So the in-between step of like, maybe you have that water, maybe you just need a nap. Maybe your headache is a sign because I had like this great, headache the other day and it was like it was really bad and 
I recognized that it was a form of stress. There was something I was really stressed about. And so once I fixed that thing, I did end up having to take some Tylenol because it was like a really bad headache, but it ended up going away. And so, yeah, there's other stuff in between, like before reaching for the pharmaceuticals where we can actually acknowledge that the plants, right, play such a powerful role. And also I've been seeing just more doctors and I don't know if maybe this is because I don't know if they were always there and I just wasn't, I wasn't aware of these doctors, but I've been seeing more doctors where they practice like traditional medicine, but they also infuse like holistic practices as well. So they will be the doctors who may prescribe you or not prescribe you, but tell you about acupuncture and give you a referral for like a really great acupuncturist, or they may tell you about massage therapy, things like that. So I think that's a really great place for medicine. And I love seeing doctors that are obviously familiar familiar with like the traditional medicine they've been taught, but they're also super familiar with other methods. And instead of being quick to say, oh, you're stressed, like, let's just give you this. Like, they'll say like, you know, what's going on in your life and kind of talk through it with you and kind of figure out what else can be done before jumping to the medicine right away. In coaching school, I, you know, there's, there's so many great coaching programs out there, but my school taught us that you have, you know, you have a physical body, you have a mental body, you have a spiritual body. And if one of them is out of balance, it usually infects all of them. So like you just said, there, there, if there's something, you know, imbalanced in your life, it, it usually has to do with one of your, your bodies. So taking, you know, maybe a, a little bit of extra time to look into what's going on, that might be more beneficial than just taking the, the quick, putting a bandaid on and kind of, it, it's kind of a uh, boiling water when you put a lid on it it's going to explode sooner or later so having a more holistic approach to your everyday life will will benefit your health tremendously i agree i completely agree so that being said what are some of your favorite skincare or lifestyle brands obviously besides your own um and how have those brands either like influenced you or inspired you in some way and like a just to help you with the the evolution or conception of your brand i mean i been obsessed with the class since they basically started it's um i like to call it spiritual cardio it's a well not anymore but it used to be an in-person class i used to go to their tribeca studio and they just crack you open in a way that i've I've never experienced for in a workout class so they use you know breath and talk and moving your body and kind of looking inside and, and and see what what's going on and they're their trainers are so amazing. So if everyone lives in, you know, New York City, I know they're going to Miami right now. Check out the class. It's founded by Taryn Toomey. It'll be the most amazing workout experience you've had in your life that had a really bad impact on me. Um, I also loved going to, you know, the Alchemist Kitchen on the Lower East Side. It's just a little boutique-y. They have like an Ayurvedic cafe. They have so many different wellness things in there like crystals and remedies and natural skincare. And they have a higher dose in the basement and they teach classes and have lectures and everything. So Alchemist Kitchen was a huge impact on my wellness journey and also, you know, starting my own brand. I also was at the co-working space called The Assemblage, which was curated for entrepreneurs in the wellness industry. Uh, Met a lot of cool people there that was in the same realm as I was. And I think just exploring things and kind of surrounding yourself with people that have the same interests and you can discuss things with I think that's a huge a huge huge thing that you should do as a mentor like you learn more when you listen than when you speak so um one of the things that I always say is like get a mentor get someone that has done this longer than you have that you can ask questions to that can challenge you that can kind of push you further because we're all new in something. And I think it's so important to kind of bounce off ideas and see other perspectives instead of just your own. I agree. I think that it's really good, especially just to, like you said, bounce ideas off people. I also think that um, if you're in a position where you don't know where to get a mentor or how to get a mentor, I also am such a big fan of like having friends around you who are kind of in a similar space and trying to learn. And like each of you almost 
almost like a community and like getting information and learning and bringing that back to the group. Kind of like, what do people call them? Not a masterclass, like a, I forget the word, but that is also kind of like another thing that I love. And I think mentorship is amazing for exactly what you said, for having someone who's been through it. And you can say, here are the mistakes I made. So you don't have to make those mistakes or here are my ideas or my thoughts or my feedback and really being able to trust that person's wisdom and have them kind of help guide you through whatever path you choose to take when it comes to entrepreneurship. So Sarah, this has been a lovely conversation. I've loved having you on. I've loved learning about your brand a little bit more and also about you and your story. Um, And I'm sure all the folks listening have also enjoyed learning about your brand and your story as well. I just want to wrap up our episode by asking you where listeners can find your products, where they can learn about mask skincare, um, and where they can purchase as well. And of course, everything will be linked in the show notes, but I just kind of want to have you end off with like a little, little bit of a, a spiel to tell us where to find you on the internet and where to find your brand as well. Yeah, you can go on our website, which is maskskincare.com. Um, if you're curious to trying another product or you know just finding something that can fit into your everyday routine. We curate all of our products to kind of go hand in hand with the regimen that you already have. We're not acquired to, there's no 12 step routine with us. We just, you know, want a space in your bathroom shelf. So if you're looking for a serum or sheet mask or under eye patches, you can find that on our website. Um, If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are under maskincare.com. We have a lot of educational content on there. If you want to learn more about CBD, don't hesitate to send us an email or DM us. We're always here to educate. We have an own education site on our website that we have videos, we have questions. And if there's anything, I love talking about this. If Deandra had time, we could sit a whole day, but I know she has other stuff to do. So I'm sure we could. This has been super fun. <laughs> No, but you know, and please reach out there's and just to touch back off what you said about if you don't know how to get a mentor, if you if you follow someone on a social media platform and admire them, reach out, I'm sure they will be honored to ask you your questions or be able to guide you. I've had a few people reach out and, you know, say that to me and it's just so humbling and so wonderful. So don't be scared to reach out to someone you look up to. I'm sure they would be more than happy to help you out. Thank you so, so much. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Deandra. It's been, I can't believe it's been an hour already. You were so easy to talk to and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, have a good rest of your day and we will chat soon. Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode.